All right. Well, today I'm, I'm here with a uh, Grammy-nominated recipient of the 2013 Hollywood Fame Lifetime Achievement Award, Victor Orlando. Now, when it comes to doing things well, many of us can say that we can focus on only one, two, or maybe even three if we're caffeinated enough. But talking to me uh, today is not that such person. He's a percussionist, musician, music producer, songwriter, actor, comedian, writer, and movie producer, commonly referred to as a percussionist to the stars. Victor, did I leave anything out there? <laughs> and thank you for being here today. Thank you, thank you. Well, you can add chicken cooker on there because I can cook a mean <laughs> pot of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. I, I need to add that to there. Yeah, <laughs> I did, add I did that to your resume. That. Universal <laughs> chicken cooker. <laughs> yes. Now, how do you do what you do when you do so many of you? I, I know that's a confusing question because that's how I felt when I was uh, reading your everything about you. It was like, why do you do so much? Do you ever sleep? For the longest, I was just known as the bongo boy. You know, call up the bongo boy. That's all I was noted for, known for. Nothing intense, nothing creative, just come in here and play bongos on this and go back home and call it a day. So I just thought of myself, thought of myself as that, as everybody else said that to me. And then God put in my head, oh, there's much more. You just don't even know. And I didn't understand it until I started doing the different things. First thing, when I put the album out, first thing people were calling me, was an artist. I'm like, I'm, I'm not Charlie Wilson. I'm not shocked. I'm not an artist. Yes, you are. You have product out that makes you an artist. Then I got Grammy nominated. And I'm like, okay, you're Grammy nominated artists. Like, dang, all of these things are starting to stack up and pile up. Well, who did your album? I did. Who wrote the songs? I did. Well, you're a writer. On I was like, oh, okay. Well, you're a producer. Oh. <laughs> so that's how the things started stacking up, piling up. And I looked up one day and I looked up one day and I had a bunch of names behind my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very impressive though. I mean, it's uh you have done a you have a long history and string of work and and artists you have performed with. And uh at, at what age did you know you wanted to be a musician? Well, it had to be in the 60s, late 60s, like 65-ish, 66. I'm listening to the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, all of the rock musicians coming out of the UK, all of the music coming out of uh, KLIF in Dallas, which was a pop-oriented station. And then they had the Black station. So I listened to a little of both around 65, 66. But it wasn't until getting in the high school band did I know that's what I wanted to do? And um, I didn't stop from there. That was like 69 to 70, 71, 60, 68 to 72. So you, you entered this in, in the odd time of society where everything was just going haywire in, um, in the industry. I, you also came in at a very good time because you have a well-rounded, um, uh, what is the word? I just lost the word, but you're adverse. You have so many uh, different, or diverse rather, you have so many different um, styles of music that you play. 
Yeah. Well, that listening to both sides of the musical chain, I didn't know I was building up an ear to play with both sides. When I say both sides, I mean the black side, the white side, the R&B funk, then the rock and the Latin, which would actually be three sides to throw the Latin in with the rock, with the funk. And I didn't know I was building up ears for all of that music. No, but you have, you, you haven't, you've done it so well. Um, I, Appreciate I, it. I, I, I've seen you perform and I've seen, um, seen you live and not only do you do you, are you uh, on the you're a percussionist but you're also a singer and this is what's well, what's about Victor that yeah. One, yeah I have yeah. seen I have seen you open up that one you can and, put toward the end of the of, of the <laughs> okay we'll scratch that you you, you think know, I mean think, I'm, I'm being it to get by to get by. <laughs> well, you no, think being, better than I do. <laughs> being, being in the church choir uh, throughout my life, here and there, in and out, I at least learned tones and, and, and lead, but I never learned ad-libbing and all of the other stuff all of, that makes the Luther Vandrosses and, and the Whitney's do what they do. I just learned melodically to carry a tune just enough. And if I don't have a singer singing with me, then I'll do it myself and we'll have a good time anyhow. <laughs> well, you, you do it very well, too. That, well, thank that, you. Now, now how, uh, do you remember your first recording? Oh, wow. Uh, I think a studio um, recording, because we all, as musicians, have these little ones that we bounced around when we were younger, but um uh, your first studio recording do you remember who that was with uh it would have to be with probably uh goody robert goody wilson out of dallas and caven and lois which was yarborough and peoples out of dallas when they came to los angeles they were yarborough and peoples and goody and we were home people so they called me into the studio to start working on their album um, and that was, I guess, was close to the first. Well, no, no. The first was I did Billy Preston in 81. And that was my baptism into being in the studio with a superstar person and finding out this business is not friendly. I did the album, Billy Preston's album in 81, ran to the record store to see my name on the back of the cover only to find out they didn't put my name on the cover on the on the on the notes. Wow, and that I must was have been devastated because I know I did the album. Yeah, that that would that would be devastating. How did you uh, cope with that and um, and decide to continue working in music? Well, did you think that this is how it is? Yeah, I, I didn't know how it was per se. And, and I just know I did the album, didn't get my name on it, and I didn't hear my sound on the album, and I was, you know, devastated and then pissed, and then hope, didn't know that that's, didn't know that if they didn't feel like putting it on there, uh, they would overdub you or get somebody else to just not put, the, put your part in, and I just took it as I left it at that and just kept on going. It happened again 
with Tupac, I did his album. This was like late nineties. He was dead, but we were doing this album and I'm in there and I did seven tracks. I know what I did. The seven tracks are on the album, but when it came out, there was no name on there. And I went back to the place very, very upset and hot about it. And the lady said, oh, that was an error in office and we'll get it out on the next shipment. I was like, lady, you're not gonna press up another 10,000 albums just cause you left my name off. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. At least I can hear me on that. And I left it at that. Now knowing that there are different things that happen in this business and you just have to kind of flow with it sometime. Yeah, now that, that would be harsh and you, but you've, um, you stuck it out and you stayed with this. So how do you keep your, um, yourself intact, uh, um, in this industry that's, you know, it's driven so many others through drugs, alcohol, and even suicide. What keeps Victor Orlando grounded? Well, I drank a lot of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> you do love Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I drink a lot of Dr. Pepper. I pray a lot and I let God open up my journey for me a lot because I know that's where my journey is coming from because I didn't even know I was on this journey until so many people kept telling me so many things about, you know, you're this, you're that, and you're going to keep going and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, everybody else is depending on this also. So I got to stay in the game. I can't jump off of a bridge. I can't jump out of a window. I can't step in front of a car. Who is that helping? So I took, I, I tried, I tried, but I took all of that out of my head. And I said, it's, it's, not, it's not my time, it's not worth it. You gave me something to do and to give to people. So let me stick around to do that. And that's the key to get it out of your head because our thoughts yeah. will just overtake us and, and then we'll, our thoughts are going to turn into action. So, so yes. it, it's, it's good. Yeah, I mean, you, you stick close to God and uh, you pray and, and that's, that gives you the deliverance that you are looking for. That keeps you safe from all the other uh, hindrances that comes through there. Um, yeah. it, does that affect, does that have any influence on your, on your playing? Because when you perform, you, I mean, your hair goes flying, you start, you know, you, you like lose yourself, you you become the music, what you're playing. And, and uh, it's almost like, it's like you're performing before an audience of one, like King David, when he danced before God. Is, mm -hmm. is that what happens with you? How do you feel when you are playing the music? Well, the stage, um, I, I've always uh, considered it sacred. Only a certain, only the certain people that God has chosen can step up on that little platform called the stage, which they made it a stage and they made it a platform to where when you step up on it, that means that you've stepped out of the audience and you're now per se above them to give them their gift. But in my case, I'm from the audience, so I can step off of it and step back into the audience and still be one with the people. But what I've done, Dave, trust me, when I step up on that stage, I get into this vehicle 
that musically, mentally, and physically takes me to a whole nother planet. I have gone so far up in the stratosphere sometimes I'm thinking, I think I'm way, I think I'm high because I've gone so far up. I've jumped so high, I've danced so much, I've played so hard that nobody and everybody's loving it, but I'm on that planet. So when I finish, I just have to stop, sit down, stop and come back from that planet back to earth because I've gone so far up. Yeah, I mean, you do. I've seen you on stage. I've seen you get into the crowd and and uh, your performances are, are, are wild and they're amazing. Anyone, you get a chance, um, go check out Victor Orlando with, and now your band that you're with, are you performing anywhere uh, recently because of COVID and everything? And I know, but let, let's, let's touch that one a little bit, but because I, I remember just recently um, you had a, a health issue. Um, this was a, what, what happened with that prior to, you know, a few months back? Well, um, this is 2022. So all of 2021, uh, the beginning of 2021 from January to June, I was doing little gigs and doing some things. I was actually playing with a group called Switch, one of the 80s groups called Switch. Uh, they were connected with El DeBarge and the DeBarge family. So we had tours lined up, we had dates lined up, and then around March, COVID hit, and it shut everybody and everything down. So I started, uh, I got frustrated, I got depressed and frustrated, and then God pulled me out of that, and I started writing. So that's when I started writing new tunes for my second CD. But because everything was shut down, nobody was playing, I stopped too. And around June, uh, I, uh, uh, last November 2020, I got the card for my birthday from the doctors saying, you know, here, happy birthday to you. It's time to get this and that and the other checked out. Have you had a colonoscopy? Have you had your uh, PSA numbers checked out? I'm like, oh, Lord, here's this card again. I'm so sick of them sending me a card. And spiritually, God said, I think you need to take care of this this time. Don't just throw the card in the corner and, and brush it off. You need to call your doctor and take care of this. And I said, well, you're right. It's COVID. I'm not doing nothing. I got free time. Let me make the call. So I made the call to get the physical, the blood test, to set up the colonoscopy, which I was definitely afraid of. And out of that, I had, I, had, I had the colonoscopy. I had two polyps in me and didn't know it. Uh, they took it out, thank God. And then the next thing they found out that I had uh, PSA numbers of 6.4 for prostate cancer, which the numbers... Regular numbers should be 0 0.5 and you're safe. I had 6.4. So that was way past the safe zone. And that's what kind of tilted the scales for me to stop the musical engines and start dealing with 
what's up with my body and my health. But the day that that man said, Mr. Victor Orlando, you have cancer, totally shocked my world. Totally shocked my world. Yeah, that's a, so, that's a hard news to receive. Very hard. And to yeah. receive it by yourself. I was sitting in the chair by myself. So, oh man, yeah. You well, I around. am sorry about that. Yeah. And how are you I now? The, I, huh? How are you now with that? Oh, now, well, I sit there and I actually call my daughter and and had the doctor talk to her over the speaker. So at least I had my daughter on speaker at the time, so she could uh, you know be there with that. My oldest daughter in Dallas. But okay. since that, that those awful words, uh, which is worse than somebody cussing me out, I can just say, oh, well, that person ain't got no sense and move on. Right. But those awful words of Victor Orlando, you have cancer, really shocked me and wrecked my whole head. And then to come back to the office a few days, a few weeks or so later and say they've gone up to 19.9. Now the fear of death and and prolonged cancer is is really looming in my whole head and body i'm scared so we have right. the talk of what to do chemo or radiation or take it out and i chose door number one i had it taken out and they said that would be the best way of not ever having to deal with cancer again uh we'll make sure that all the nerve endings are dead from that, and that's where I got the 0, 0.0. So since June, um, I've been trying to recover. I've been I'm in cancer recovery and, and, and rehab from the hospital to the to the care facility to home, and here I am now on the on the well, happy side of 50. Well, we are uh, happy that you are home, and uh, we will constantly. Be be praying for you without stop because we need our our victor orlando around oh, and, thank uh, you and um yes no thank you for being strong and and hanging in there so what is next for you at this stage uh in your career you you battled uh the industry you battled back this this horrible disease and you stood up to it and so what what is victor orlando going to do uh now well they they use the word reinvent yourself and i just i use the word just keep going with whatever got me there i'm not gonna change <laughs> into tiny tim tomorrow and say okay let's go let's go with the tiny tim of, uh, uh, effect on people and see if that works no i'm gonna keep doing congas although cancer has well i have polyneuropathy which uh the nerve endings have a really damaged bad uh, in my legs and feet and pretty much heightened from the cancer. So I have to change the way I am now. Uh, the jumping pretty much at a zero now for now. Um, the shaking of the head is rhythm, rhythmic and rhythm. It goes with the stage. By the way, when I step up on the stage, any medical issues and ailments I have, cancer, polyneuropathy, sore head, sore shoulders, sore neck, uh, I don't feel. The adrenaline is at an all-time high. It covers me 
and I'm at that point performing at, at 100, 1,000%. The people don't know and they don't need to know. Oh, snap, now they do know. Oops. The people don't know <laughs> that I have all these issues happening with me. All they see or want to see is the jumping around, the half flipping, the, 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 the conga playing, the singing. That's all they want to see. And I found out in that it's not just that I'm, I never knew I was healing other people with that. I didn't know they came to the thing upset, discouraged, down and out. They see me play, they get happy, excited, and they forget that problem they had. And I've had so many people walk up and tell me exactly that. Oh, man, that was great. Oh, man, I loved it. Oh, man, I was feeling bad, but I saw your show, man. You, you brought me out of, man, you saw my mind, man, man. I hear all of that. And I'm like, wow, all I'm doing is just playing congas. But there's something else going from the conga to the person. So now yeah. I'm, 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 I've been back on stage since surgery well since i was uh, uh allowed to go back on stage by my body i went in the studio and kind of played around one day just to see if my arms still even existed let alone could work and they worked and i said okay i think i'm ready for the stage but i can't do too much because i'm all stitched up in the bottom in my stomach those stitches are they're, they're not even a year old and my fear always have been tearing one. And I'm like, you know, because they told me to basically lay in bed for about a year and heal. And I'm like, well, sounds good, but don't think that's gonna happen. We could <laughs> No, Victor Orlando's not gonna do that. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, we need it's not gonna work for me. <laughs> but I've never seen I will you sit be... still, so <laughs> <laughs> but but I will be cautious with what I do. COVID and cancer. I will be, I'll be like a pinball. I will work around you. So I've, as they say, reinvented and pushed through all of this. And I've done some stage stuff. I did the Inglewood Super Bowl with Switch, an outdoor concert. I've done a couple of other nice little, little shows with people. But I always come home, take my meds, and get back in the bed. Uh, play and recover and recuperate. And um, that. That seems to have been working so far until I can, you know, go back to being what I was. But the other thing that kept me going is I've been writing more. After cancer, I came up with the bomb song of the universe for everybody. I wrote a gospel song called Be Ready because I went in for cancer at 50-50. 50% I may not come out and die. 50% God pulling me out for further business that he has for me. So I ended up being on his 50%. But everybody else is walking around. People are dropping like flies daily. They don't even know they're going to drop that day. So my song, Be Ready, is for everybody to think. Just get your life, your spiritual life, your personal life, your family life in order. Musical life, get them all in order. So that if you do drop, you say, no problem. I did what I had to do and I'm ready. So that's what my song is about. And we're at two more stages before it'll be finished to go out. It's called Be Ready. 
Be ready. Okay. Now we're running out of time here, so we have to um, wrap this up. But we need to definitely have more conversations because oh, yeah. you well, have you have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be talking for the next fifty-three years. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but when that song "Be Ready" uh, is 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 ready, please let us know. And um, and where can the uh, the listeners? find your music now you right well we have a we have one of our singles out called i think about you which is a, a romantic ballad it's being played all over the uk and europe right now and kjlh picked it up and started playing it a couple of weeks ago but you can go to www.victororlandoshow.com and you can pick up the singles the cd t-shirts, merchandise on my website page uh, and go to my Facebook page and look for whenever I'm out performing with any different act. And, um, or you can Google Victor Orlando. I made it to Google status. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, that, that's, that's the highlight of your career, isn't it? The Google status. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got one more mountain to climb. It's called the Wikipedia mountain, but I'll, right now I'm actually in the I'm actually in the Getty Center. I was shocked to see a picture come up and say the Getty Center. I'm like, oh snap, I've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a I long time coming, but it's here at last. <laughs> yep. But when I hit Google and saw me just pop up, all I'm like, okay, all right, this is way too much. But if everybody has Alexa or Siri, they can say, Alexa, play Victor Orlando. And that young lady will start playing me. That was made me happy too. Well, now that you've said that on the air, it, whenever someone listens to this, everyone's Alexa. <laughs> and that's around right, them. You can right. play your song. You are a genius. <laughs> oh, man. God is making doors open that I didn't even know. I had a key to. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Well, Victor, thank it's been wonderful time, talking man. to you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for this time. I appreciate it. I hope it works out. I hope all the listeners on this show enjoy it. And, uh, and thank you. No, thank you. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk again and have you come back. You, would you come back? Oh, definitely. Like I said, it's 53 years of being in this business now. So there is a story for every month or every year or every day. <laughs> it changes. Uh, okay. Well, we're going to have many years ahead of us, so let's go ahead and, uh, and, and, and keep this reoccurring. All right, Victor, my friend. You take care, and it was good talking to you today. You too, man. Thank you so much. Tell your beautiful wife I said hello, and y'all have a Happy, happy day. All right. You as well. And I will let her know. Thank you. All right. God bless. Bye-bye.